Every day of our lives is spent in the built environment. We live in homes and apartments, drive on roads, get gas from pipelines, go to work in buildings, make purchases in stores and restaurants. We rely on factories, plants, doctor's offices, and hospitals for our basic human needs. And while our world continues to shift and grow and change, the development and delivery of the built environment has fallen dramatically behind. Welcome to The Built Revolution. We're here to engage the leaders, visionaries, and innovators who are revolutionizing the built environment. This podcast is brought to you by Continuum Advisory Group and the Construction Industry Institute. This is Jenny Bien with CII. Over the past month, capital projects teams across the country and truly across the globe have been pulling out their emergency management plans as the impact of COVID-19 has pushed us all into uncharted territories. Even the giants in our industry are experiencing disruptions in construction, daily operations, and now more than ever, over the last month, shutdowns. In this COVID-19 mini-series, we will hear from companies across various industry sectors. We kick off this mini-series with a conversation between Continuum's Clark Ellis and Mr. Charlie Dunn, Project Storyteller at DPR Construction. Thank you for joining us again on the Built Revolution podcast. I'm Clark Ellis, Principal with Continuum Advisory Group. And today uh, we're going to have another conversation in our series on how COVID-19 and the crisis surrounding it is affecting uh, companies that are involved and the people that are involved uh, in the construction industry. And today uh, we're very fortunate to have Charlie Dunn, uh, who's with DPR, uh, one of the, the largest and most innovative construction companies uh, in our industry. Uh, Charlie, uh, in an, an organization that's, that's very flat and doesn't put a whole lot of emphasis on titles, uh, Charlie was allowed to, to choose his own, and he chose Project Storyteller, which I, I think is fantastic. And uh, I'm going to let uh, Charlie give us a little bit of background uh, on DPR and on his, his role and background there, and then we'll, we'll talk about how DPR uh, is approaching the COVID-19 crisis. So, uh, Welcome, Charlie. And uh, if you wouldn't mind uh, giving us a little bit of background on your company and yourself, that would be fantastic. Great. Thanks, Clark. Uh, so glad to have a t- chance to talk with you this morning. Um, so I like to describe DPR with a, just a couple simple statements for any of us that have done technical construction understand. Um, DPR is the largest national owner of net zero facilities in the country. We have six. Um, three of those are now wellness facilities. And that speaks to our willingness to do with our own money, grand experiments, learn about what's next and what's innovative in construction. But I think more importantly, it speaks to the value we place on our people and our relationships and how we interact and and give our teams the opportunity to spark uh, creativity and create breakthroughs for owners. So, you know, having been through technical construction, the effort it takes to get to that net zero um, status. You know, a lot of owners, they, they'll do one project <laughs> and then they're done. We continue right. to, to innate and evolve, and evolve there. Um, a little bit about DPR as a builder. We focus on five core markets, um, advanced technology, commercial, healthcare, higher education, and life sciences. The reason for the focus on five core markets is we believe it's very important that we understand our owner and what's important to them. And we can't understand all owner profiles. Right. So those are the five that we try to focus on. Makes sense. Great. So, so Charlie, um, yeah, maybe give us a little bit of background on, on yourself and, and your role, and then we'll, we'll get into the, uh, 
the question at hand on COVID-19. All right. I joke that there's no linear path in my career. So I'm kind of perfect for DPR where, you know, as you mentioned, we're flat. Uh, we don't focus yeah. on titles. We do focus on, you know, we have a tremendous passion to build great things uh, for our owners and with our teams. Um, I have background with, you know, I like to say I got started for a struggling computer manufacturer that had kind of lost their way. Uh, Apple computer <laughs> back in the, in the nineties, the period before Steve jobs returned, but so background with it, uh, with manufacturing, with logistics optimization, uh, the nuclear industry, and now construction at DPR. Um, and, you know, as, as you and I have discussed in prior conversations, it's very important to me that everybody in the room speak plain English to each other. Um, yep. So hence, hence the project storyteller emphasis. I've also recently at DPR been very uh, focused on two things. One, the, the power of prefabrica prefabrication and offsite construction. Okay. dramatically change our industry by bringing decisions uh, forward, by creating safer working environments, not just by decongesting the field, but eliminating uh, the potential for uh, work-related musculoskeletal disorders or long injuries where we're adapting the worker to the work and not the work to the worker. So that, that prefabrication focus and then, and then a focus on visual technologies for planning and understanding productivity. Uh, so tying virtual design to construction, the C in VDC is that construction part that we, I think we still haven't leveraged. I like right. to say that, that the exciting thing to me about being construction now is that our industrial revolution, I believe, is ahead of us and not mm -hmm. behind us. Uh, mm -hmm. We are just now reaching the point where we can appreciate things like um, consolidated parts, like interchangeable parts, and are beginning to apply uh, industrial science, uh, lean, and, and these other uh, areas of you know of expertise for manufacturing, healthcare, other industries to uh, construction today. That that uh, I absolutely agree with you. I think that's that's an exciting thing about uh, about being part of this industry. And I think a good jumping off point, a uh, good segue to talk about uh, the COVID nineteen crisis, which you know is clearly something that um, we, we've never experienced before. You know, in in this society or in in, in global society where. Um, you know, a pandemic has has literally brought uh, the entire economy uh, to a halt, um, and you know we know from from all the conversations that we've been having with clients and folks in our network over the last uh, month or so that you know that there's there's an uneven um, impact you know across the the U.S. in terms of how uh, construction companies and and owners have been affected. Um, I'm really interested, particularly given DPR's uh, innovative culture. The things that you've already you've already referenced in, in this conversation, um, you know, how is how is DPR responding, and, and what is what is DPR doing um, in in during the COVID nineteen you know, shutdown uh, to to innovate to uh, well even to, to survive um, and to come out of this on the other side uh, you know healthy or even maybe more healthy than 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 you are when you went into it. It's a, it's a great question, and one of the things that's been encouraging to me because this is the first time I've been a part of a you know a down cycle um, at while at DPR. There've been you know they're pretty consistent over the past you know fifty years. But to first observe from our uh, key leadership um, out of the gate and an emphasis on empathy that we need to remember in this time that we're all facing the same challenge, and this challenge is bigger than any of us. So as we 
engage with owners, with our trade partners, with uh, our own self-performed craft. Remember that and, and lead with that, uh, the, the empathy. Uh, that being said, obviously, you know, view this as a very real threat. Um, 80% of our projects are still ongoing. Some have slowed, some have, um, you know, gone to, you know, minimal work. We, as, as you mentioned, this is kind of a regional um, challenge. We, we joke that we're, we're like a smiley face. If you look at the U.S., we start in the Northwest, come down through, you know, Texas crossover and up into Boston. Um, right. and, and it is at the, the tips of the smile that we're most challenged. The Northeast right. and the Northwest, we've seen the most actual uh, construction work stop. We are seeing a, a fair amount of pre-construction projects go on hold. Um, so as we look to you know, survive and thrive coming out of this, there's been a focus, one, with a, with a task force on you know, COVID-19 response and mitigation. Um, how do we bring people to work safely? Um, simple measures like we're taking everybody's temperature. We quickly, quickly de- de- deployed an app so that we're capturing a, a form for every worker coming to a job site okay. um, to more, you know, sophisticated approaches of, all right, we recognize we're going to try to limit headcount in an area. So how do we create near site fabrication and kitting uh, mm. capacity so that the time we spend in the field is less there actually went back to some things I learned from, from some brilliant nuclear planners there. And there's a term, Alara, a low, as mm. low as reasonably achievable. So you okay. shift your thinking from, how do we flood an area and get it done faster with more people to how do we do this work with as few people as possible? Um, and okay. it, it creates this you know, creativity and diversity of ideas on, on ways to do that better. Um, while having that task force to deal with the day-to-day challenges, we've also established another leadership team that's focused on business continuity. Um, okay. What ideas give us, opportunities for growth now and set us up for growth uh, and stability coming out of this. Um, one example of that is our digital building components um, and SurePods facility, digital building components makes uh, robotic prefabricated wall panels and systems that are, can be you know, structurally uh, independent. And then SurePods makes modular bathrooms uh, and has some capacity to develop uh, healthcare modular. So we've come out with a, a line of products that can be deployed quickly during this time mm-hmm. to add capacity or to uh, change over systems. There's a great story to me that, that one of the reasons I came to DPR, cause I wasn't, I was eyes wide open construction challenges. Right. It was challenged by this cyclical nature. It was very much indexed to the economy. Um, and ask a key leader, Mark Whitson, you know, about, you know, the stability of DPR. And his first answer to, to me is, was impressive. He said, part of why we, we've been able to uh, sustain and, and in certain markets actually grow during a down cycle is that for the right owners, no job is too small. Uh, so we maintain SSG special services group that will go do any job. Um, so we got a call. We were not on site at a, at a hospital in the Southwest, they'd had a pipe burst and their ER was flooded uh, a couple of weeks ago. And so over the weekend, we immediately mobilized 40 uh, SSG workers and 
worked nonstop over the weekend and early the following week, they were reopening that facility. Mm -hmm. So we find opportunities for those smaller projects and, and we've learned to manage that type of work in addition to our larger mega project work. Um, and with those smaller projects of adapting, approving, uh, making space ready uh, for capacity within healthcare, you know, it's just one example uh, where for continuity and, and, and for, for growth, we've uh, found an opportunity in the crisis. I think that that um, that makes a lot of sense. A couple of things that you said really, really kind of stuck with me. And, and you know, I think that this, this idea of no job is too small for the right owner uh, kind of goes hand in hand with empathy because, you know, essentially it, you're, you're helping out you know, a customer, um, more so than focusing on a project. Um, you're recognizing that a customer has a problem that needs solving and you're solving it for them. Um, and you know, you've built relationships with these, these, these companies over a period of time so that you, you're able to, to have that, that close trusting relationship. So they're going to share those problems with you and you're going to be able to respond quickly and solve them. I think that's, uh, that's really, that's a, that's a great, uh, great lesson, uh, out there. Now, um, one, one last, one last question and, and, um, around the, the COVID-19, um, crisis. And I guess this, this could be taken, you know, more than one way, but I'll, I'll ask it kind of in the, uh, on, more with a risk perspective. Um, but you could obviously turn it around for an opportunity. So, you know, when you, when you look at what you're seeing right now from the, from the market, from your organization and from, from your clients, um, what most concerns you, uh, or what, what do you think holds the most risk? You know, and it could be for the industry. It could be just specifically for, you know, for DPR as, as you look at the, the COVID-19 crisis. So I've been parts of conversations and I think that risk question has shifted sometimes on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. um, initially there was a sense that we were going to have a workforce risk. Uh, we have right. seen that in certain areas, but I think we now be able to manage through that. Um, for some of our mega projects, um, it simply becomes a you know a capital uh, you know risk. The, the mm -hmm. cash flow position of the owner will that right. slow down or stop projects? Um, you know we've we've been fortunate here in. Uh, where I sit in Charlotte and in Greenville, which are both hot markets uh, to have. Um, and I should give a shout out to our tremendous IT team here at DPR. We had for other reasons, basically with discipline decided that having our own data center wasn't you know, core value <laughs> for a business. Right. So we had gone to a, an aggressive cloud strategy three years ago. It's paid huge dividends now, um, but very little slowdown and in some ways, some, some rapid acceleration of, of ideas, things that we, you know, I, I, I was driving back from Baltimore. My last trip was Baltimore Friday, the 13th of March. Um, <laughs> you know, I left that Wednesday morning to go up there and had a flight. We prior week said no, no, no flights. So a friend of mine at DPR said was, this trip was worth it. We wanted to go meet with the team and drive. And you know, it was over that trip that the world changed, you know, yeah, <laughs> left that, yeah, left that Wednesday morning wondering who's <laughs> going to win the ACC tournament, <laughs> come, come back Friday. And oh my goodness, there's no sports for, the foreseeable future and 
Um, but but that following week, we we literally stood up immediate enterprise visibility on all our schedules uh, for, with COVID coding. Uh, stood up and uh, you know a, a, where, where is each project based on status criteria, owner communication to give a you know enterprise line of sight to where we were, um, and then the ability to use uh, Zoom, uh, High Five, other remote meeting apps. So anyway, where that's where that started here in Charlotte and Greenville, we've done. Zoom-based interviews and continue to bid on and win work um, through these last several weeks. So there are markets where, you know, the inverse of that capital risk, it may be true where there are people who have capital um, and recognize that this is a good time to buy construction. Um, right. There's one other ironic, not to run on too long, maybe counterintuitive phenomena that we're observing, and that is that in certain projects, we're actually seeing an increase in productivity. Okay. And we're still working to understand that. And it's too early to say that's a trend. Um, right. It's, it's, it's still more kind of a, a an observation, word of mouth, you know, as we like to call it, deep of the smoke signals. Um, yeah. Maybe due to less meeting time on site because we've aggressively cut meetings. Hmm. Um, maybe due as someone who's been focused on planning projects most of my career, maybe due to we're doing better planning before we get to the field. Yep. Um, you may be due to because of the, just the way life has kind of slowed down. We've eliminated distractions, the, you know, the focus, the workforce, but it, that's, that's an interesting because again, we we initially thought, wow, we're just, we're going to get hammered on productivity. Um, we have certainly yeah. seen areas where it's, it's been a challenge, but we think we've worked through it. Um, the latest trend on risk, and then I'm done, is is this supply chain risk. We kind of right. see this as a as a slower to materialize, but mm. nevertheless, we can sense that it's out there. Uh, okay. If you look at the number of states that have deemed um, construction supply production non-essential, it's much greater than the number of right. states that have called construction non-essential. Uh, right. If you look at some of our higher end projects where we have overseas suppliers, that's one. You know, it may have a longer tail on it, but may ultimately, um, for finishing work, become one of our our larger risks. Yeah, I can see I can see a lot of disruption happening there. We, we've been looking at that as well. Um, well, Charlie, I, I appreciate you taking the time to to sit down with me this morning and and, uh, and share some thoughts on on your perspective and DPR's perspective and some of the things that uh, DPR is doing to uh, to address you know COVID nineteen. Um, I appreciate you taking the the risk question and turning it mostly into an opportunity answer, which is fantastic and uh, and not surprising. And uh, b- before we go, you know, any any last words that you that you want to share um, on, uh, on where where you are and where, where DPR is at this point? I've been encouraged by the transparency and the frequency of key communication, and mm. I think that that's kind of a common thread for all of us in this time. The, the more we reach out and communicate uh, and across the organization, we're hearing stories of people actually through this feel more connected. Yeah. Um, just this morning, one of those national communications came out and um, I just re- you know, reiterate the message in that, how very grateful we are all for the frontline healthcare staff and the opportunity that as a core market, we have friends and are on yeah. projects building those types of projects, but then our frontline um construction workers that have been deemed essential and are showing up every day. I cannot express enough the gratitude we have 
for those uh, craft, craft workers, uh, you know, project engineers, superintendents uh, that are keeping uh, the constructor sector moving forward in this time. Yeah. I think that's, uh, that's well said, Charlie. And uh, I, I echo the same thing. It's uh, over the last, the last month, I'm, I'm very grateful for all the, um, the friendships and the, uh, the colleagues that, that I have in this industry and uh, who've been fantastic. Uh, you know, when, when you pick up the phone, uh, there's, they're always on the other end and, and we've had some, some great discussions and uh, I've, I've a lot of confidence that we're going to come out of this um, strong and uh, we're going to figure out how to, how to operate in the new normal. And, and I think to your point earlier, I think that we will uh, have some things uh, improve. Uh, I, I've noticed the productivity in terms of, uh, you know, when we've converted face-to-face to Zoom, there's some elements of face-to-face that you just can't achieve, you know, with a, with a virtual meeting. Um, and so there's a deficit there. But on the other hand, yeah, you, you can't you, you can't spend as much time in meetings. And I found the meetings have actually started to get more, uh, more effective, shorter, and more productive. So I think... Uh, Maybe that's one of the silver linings we can maintain as we go forward. But uh, thanks again, uh, and thank everyone for uh, uh, for listening here on the uh, the Built Revolution podcast. Again, this is Clark Ellis uh, with Continuum Advisory Group, uh, and this was a conversation with Charlie Dunn, project storyteller for DPR Construction. Thank you very much. Thanks, Clark. Thanks for listening to the Built Revolution Pod, brought to you by Continuum Advisory Group and the Construction Industry Institute. Continue the conversation on Twitter at Built Revolution Pod or email us at hello at builtrevolutionpod.com. The views expressed in this podcast are those of the individuals being interviewed, and they do not necessarily reflect the views of the sponsoring organizations.